Buckle up, ladies and gentlemen. It's time for a wild ride with our new buddy, Will the Thrill Hoven from New York City. We talk a lot about career development, getting that first gig, what he's doing right now in his search, how to be a great teammate, employee, and so much more with our new buddy, Will Hoven, on episode 11 of the Be Heard podcast. Will the Thrill Hoven, episode 11 guest of the Be Heard podcast. How are you? I'm great, Blake. How you doing? I'm psyched up today, man. I have had, um, I'm cutting down on coffee, but I've had water. I'm doing a new thing where I drink water. So I'm, I'm feeling pretty psyched up to talk to you, my man. How have you been? I've been good. It definitely sounds like you still got some coffee in your system. So yeah, I, I'd give it a couple of days for it to to get out yeah yeah you know that could be that, that very well could be i'm naturally caffeinated i i think but uh i hope you like your new nickname that i gave you will the thrill i mean that goes back to my younger days of you know will will clark the baseball player when i grew up in the, the west coast so that's a new york wait no uh san francisco giants player a long time ago so that's your new nickname i'm giving you i hope you like it, it. It's one of Matt many. We'll just we'll just add it to the list. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Will's Will's a great name. Um, so here we are. It's been a, a long road to finally record with you, um, at your former client, and and I love you. And uh, we're going to talk a lot about a lot of things, a lot about career development and where you've come from and where you've been and where you're going, and all that fun stuff. But before we do that, um, I know quite a bit about you. Uh, but um, listeners might not know about you, um, so why don't you give us a little background on, you know, your your career in sports and entertainment so far? Maybe a little bit about you. Uh, maybe start off with this: what's what's your most eaten quarantine meal so far? And you share yours, and I'll share mine. I'd, I'd probably go chicken and broccoli. Just I mean, quick, that's easy. It's yeah. solid. Yeah. Yeah, it's we had definitely... broccoli last night from my in-laws' garden, and it, my wife said best broccoli ever, and I'm, I hope that there's more to come, but sadly, I don't know. I think I made that trend up probably the second half of quarantine. The first half was probably a little bit all over the place and probably not as healthy as it should have been, so I've definitely gained some ground, I think, <laughs> trying to recover on the back half. Yeah, e- easy to gain gain some LBs on when you're working <laughs> at home, staying at home, and I, I found... I've been working at home for four years or so, but it's certainly when the pantry is always there, um, it's always open and I'm, I was always grabbing. So try to not do that. Oh, my, my most, I mean, there's, there's probably some meals that we make for, you know, the kids more often than not. Mine are usually like cheese oriented, you know, Mac and cheese, grilled cheese. They're going to turn into cheese and we'll have to move to Wisconsin before too long. But, um, (laughs) I think my most popular meal is lunchtime. And if I'm like making something for the kids, then I'll end up just eating their leftovers. So I'll, you know, be eating the crust from their sandwich that it gets cut off and then whatever they don't eat. And I'm like, yeah, I'm good. Let's, let's keep going. So it's, it's quick, quicker that way than planning a whole meal for, for lunch. Anyway, go ahead and tell us a little bit about then chicken and broccoli about, you know, you and your background and all that fun stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So, hi, everyone. My name is Will. Um, I am an account manager for an experiential marketing agency based in New York City. Um, 
it's kind of been a long winding road to get here. I think basically my career started out, you know, more on an event track um, in college, working for the football team. I went to the University of Kansas. So didn't win too, too many games, still waiting on that bowl game. First one in maybe, I think we're up to 11 years now. Um, but that was a great experience for me. Um, kind of opened me up to the world, not just of sporting events, but all the different things that go on around, you know, football programs, such as, you know, recruiting weekends, um, youth camps, you know, just a variety of things. And so that kind of pushed me down the track once I got done to pursue college events. So I worked um, at a place called the NAI for a little bit, um, which is kind of like a smaller school version of the NCAA did some championship event work there, moved down to San Antonio to work at a college bowl game. Um, and eventually through all those paths, I kind of started, you know, hitting a wall with where I wanted to go with my career. I wasn't sure that I wanted to stay in college events, but I wasn't sure really what else I wanted to do, what else was out there. And then one day, I think it was summer of 2017, I was just, you know, searching on the internet and stumbled onto Event Marketer. And they had just released their annual list of top, you know, 100 or 200 um, event agencies. And that just opened a whole new world for me. You know, I'd been kind of looking for those positions of, you know, anywhere from finance companies to tech companies that are doing big events, you know, do they do those in-house? Like who puts those on? And it finally kind of opened up to the world of not just experiential marketing, but really event marketing. Um, so from there, I took a job at my first agency in New York City, which was primarily, you know, big events and conferences for anywhere from, you know, private equity groups to fintech companies to nonprofits. Um, I ultimately knew experiential was where I wanted to go. So I did that for a little bit, um, but eventually transitioned to what has been my most recent role um, as an account manager at an experiential marketing agency. Yeah, we are, all have a, a, a great and sometimes winding story to get where we are today. And, um, you know, shout out to Event Marketer, because uh, I'm sure mm -hmm. a lot of people, you know, find their way onto Google. Um, I mean, back when I first started in the industry, I don't even know if it, I, I certainly didn't know about it if it was around. Um, heck, I don't, I don't even know if I was using the Internet all that much back back then in the, the olden days. Um, there's just so much information out there these days. There's no excuse not to know about um, these things and these agencies. And I hope this, the event, because there's some of these event lists that are getting a little long, really. If we're, if we're going to start getting to like the event marketer top 1000, there's going to be problems. <laughs> like I can't go through that many, um, but certainly a hundred or 200 is manageable. I mean, especially because some of these lists are more than just experiential, you know, they, they tend to break it out. I don't know if it's, it's not the event marketer one, but it's, a, it's the other one that um, kind of breaks it out into different categories and such, which is helpful for when brands are looking for you know, different partners to work with. But that, that's a great um, story and background about you. Um, a lot of people out there trying to find their next gig or maybe their first gig out of college. I want to know how you got your first gig that you, you had mentioned how did that happen for you back then? How many years ago was that? How did it happen? Can you give us any light on to what that story looks like? Yeah, absolutely. So I always like consider the, really the start of my career all the way back my freshman year of college. Um, Cause I was kind of basically from then on, I've 
I've been working. You know, I worked every summer for the football team at the University of Kansas um, before graduating, going on other things. But so my first role was a student manager for the football team. Um, it was a referral, actually. My uncle, who now does equipment operations for the Kansas City Royals, he had done the same student job that I was trying to get when he was an undergrad at the University of Kansas. And his supervisor, who he worked under, was still there um, and basically referred me to it. There was an opening and was able to get right in and kind of got me off and running. So it's amazing. Like, I didn't really think anything of it at the time, but, it, you know, now, obviously, years into it, you always hear about how much, you know, referrals can play a huge role in not even just getting you positions, but just like helping you figure out what's out there. Like this is a role I would have had no idea about um, if it were for the fact that, you know, my uncle knew I was interested in sports entertainment and knew I kind of was pursuing that career path and he'd happen to do it himself. So I think that mostly speaks to just, you know, don't be afraid to share with other people, you know, what you're interested in, what you're trying to do, what you're looking for. Um, Cause a referral might not always be in the form of getting a job, but at least could be in the form of, you know, Hey, these are some good groups or agencies that you should take a look at. Yeah. You never know until you bring it up and, and start having that conversation. And I think some people feel like, Oh, maybe it puts me in a, a position of, of weakness and I'm, I'm asking for help and this and that. I think these days more, more than ever, people want to help. And if you just, ask of course you're going to get the people that are busy or that don't check their linkedin or you know they're slammed you know they got something going on in their personal life or whatever and, and that's okay but you're going to get the people that are you know open to, to helping people because I, I would be hard pressed i'm not a gambling man but I, I would imagine that if we pulled 100 people and we said has was there someone that helped you get a foot in the door at some point first job in high school or you know, whatever the you know someone took a chance on you like someone took a chance on me when, for my first mobile tour that I went on many years ago. Um, I mean, it was a gamble, right? To, to, to choose me over other more experienced people when I had no experience, it, that was a gamble. So if someone took a chance um, or someone opened a door or whatever, um, I think people shouldn't be afraid to, to do that. More, more often than not, I think that it's going to be the way, at least at the short term, of people getting that next opportunity. Um, you know, sending resumes blindly. I'm imagining people aren't having much luck doing that. So certainly networking and getting your name out there is the, the way to go. Um, yeah, absolutely. And even if, you know, myself, like many people still looking for their next gig, you know, I still think that's something though, that even, you know, when we all land our next gig, that's something that necessarily shouldn't stop. I think you should definitely still always have those conversations with your coworkers, with your supervisors um, just to continue basically open doors for yourself and, you know, figure out there could be a cool, exciting project going on within your own company that you might not even know about. Um, so as long as you're vocalizing what you want to do, you'll continually be able to kind of get those opportunities. Yeah. It's all about getting a conversation. I, I, I don't think that I've, it's, I don't think it's come out of my mouth or not, at least not on purpose or not meant it that way that, that I've got someone a job, right. Uh, I certainly have been responsible for as well as other people in, in my company with opening a door that then leads to them earning that job. Um, and sometimes just opening that door is, is what's sometimes the hard part, but certainly when we're making a referral to someone, it's okay. Hey, you ended up earning the job and it was a good fit for you. 
as well as it was for the company. Great. That's awesome. Um, I didn't get you a job. Like you went out and, and, you know, I, I had a small part in that, but you went out and you, you grabbed it and, you know, it's a two way street too, right? There's a lot of opportunities out there that, you know, you might have an interview and it just might not be the, the right field for you or the right opportunity or, you know, it's a two way street. I think people forget, like, it's not always the interviewer interviewee. Like sometimes you're, and, and that can come across as cocky sometimes if you don't do it right. But I feel like if you're interviewing for a job, you should really be interviewing them too, just as much. And I think that as someone that's done interviews, and I'm sure you've done interviews and been, been involved, that it kind of makes me feel like, okay, well, they're, they're doing their due diligence here. They, they're researching our company. They're asking you know, questions about the cha- most challenging part about the job and asking to speak to other people that have had the, this job in the past and really diving deep. And it shows that they're, they're interested. And they're not just sitting there checking the box um, and, and trying to get a paycheck. They're trying to figure out a long-term opportunity for themselves. So easier said than done these days. I mean, it's, it's a tough, tough game out there, but um, so people are trying to refine their skills and, you know, look at themselves, you know, internal, internally reading books and trying to better themselves and, and all that. We've all had, you know, great coworkers in the past, some not so great. Um, it's just, it just is what it is. Right. Um, but we're all trying to, to get better and do better. I mean, I'm taking, you know, classes that Disney's putting on about, you know, how, how to, you know, plus up your customer service. Not that I think that I'm poor at that, but really just, I mean, who does it better than Disney? So, um, you know, I'm trying to even polish my skills a little bit. Um, you know, in your most recent role, what are the traits that you would look at others in your company or maybe just looking at yourself? Like what makes a good account manager at an event marketing agency? I would, you know, I think there's like definitely your like, I don't want to say stereotypical, but the normal tropes of saying like, yeah, be efficient. You have to have time management. You have to have a good attention to detail. For me, I would definitely say empathy. Um, I think the ability when you're in this type of role, you're working with so many different groups internally and externally, you know, internally, I could be working with our creative design department. I could be working with our strategy department or analytics and insights. Um, Externally, it's not just clients, it's venues, it's vendors, um, you know, it's staffing agencies, it's tour managers. It's just so many different people when you kind of in this role function as a nerve center between all these different groups. And so the ability to just kind of empathize and, you know, put yourself in someone else's shoes. I think we've definitely all been there, you know, at the height of a busy season, like around a South by or Super Bowl, where there's so much going on, everyone's so busy, and everyone wants just to get their stuff done now and as quick as possible. Um, And so that can lead to definitely pushing, you know, people on your team or people externally to try to, you know, get results, get things done quickly. Um, But just having the empathy to understand, you know, that what other someone might be going through, they might be having a rough day, they might have things going on in their personal life, um, you know, they might have other requests going on, um, just to kind of, you know, ease a relationship a little bit, not push too hard, you know, there's a give and take, and really just try to, you know, be as great as a partner as you can be, and, you know, really just approach not so much as a business transaction all the time, or, you know, just trying to get a result done, but, you know, you're on a journey together, and you should try to 
you know, deepen the relationship a little bit. I think that's, that's a great one, man. That's uh, I mean, I can look back on people that I've worked with and there's certainly been those that, you know, you can tell that they care, whether it be, you know, vendor, like you said, vendor or coworker or client, whatever, just good quality people. And then the others that are just, you know, a little bit more, you know, black and white, you know, here we go. I'm not going to polish this up for you. Um, this is why I need to get it done. But um, yeah, I think that the, if I'm looking back on the people that really made a big, big difference and impact on my life, it, it probably are the, are the people that are a little bit more empathetic, whether it be a manager or coworker, or, um, you know, whatever the case may be. I think that's, that's a great one. I, <laughs> teamwork to me is, is a big one. And I'm, I'm a late, late bloomer on the Netflix but I just finished the, uh, the last dance, you know, Michael Jordan, that whole, that whole thing. Mm-hmm. And it was interesting to me, the part, I think it was episode nine. It's fresh. Cause I just finished it last night um, where MJ w- was having a rough time in, in his life. And it, and he ended up punching Steve Kerr in the, in the eye. And he was like, yeah, I should, I mean, he, what, what a, what a great player. And, you know, it doesn't seem like he was like the most beloved person and teammate he would push people and push them but i think people have a breaking point and i think communication is a big one too so like Mm -hmm. you know when there's a problem i think and we're always having problems like right now gosh every i can't imagine anyone not feeling that they got a problem in their life like elephant in the room coronavirus right um you know so some things are bigger than others but i think communication is a big one what did he do when that happened like he picked up the phone and he called them and they worked it out and they became stronger. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think empathy communication are big ones. Cause to your point, like you're dealing with so many different people and moving parts and changes and the times, you know, and, and sometimes you just don't know what's going to happen. Right. So being able to work on the fly um, and ad lib, whether you're on a microphone, I'm seeing an event and someone says something or does something or whatever, or you're back at the office in New York or, or whatever. I think that's real important. Anything else you wanted to mention on, th- on that as far as traits go? I'm, I'm trying to think on the top of my head. I think that's definitely the biggest. I guess I would probably say, you know, just be flexible. Mm-hmm. Things are going to change. Um, you just got to take it one step at a time, take a deep breath. Um, Cause inevitably it's going to happen. The best you can do is, you know, work quickly, work efficiently. You know, if there's downtime, always be thinking about ways you can get ahead um, because that's just going to put you in a better position so that when things do come up and things you are forced to change, um, you just give yourself a little wiggle room to come up with different options. Yeah. Great point. Great, great point. It's hard to get up at 5 a.m. and bust out less than fun tasks like expense reports and putting together budgets, you know, things that mm-hmm. don't involve people speaking, who's talking to you on the phone at five in the morning. Um, but getting those things off your plate, I mean, that's something that I've been trying to do um, over the past four years or so is just be really proactive because well, all of a sudden, once the day starts and everyone wakes up, well, guess what? You're, you're going to be spread too thin to get that done. And I've learned that from a past CMO at an, an agency they worked at and that's what he did you know mm-hmm. he worked probably two hours before he even got in his car to come to, to the company and um and he was still probably there before everybody else but 
that's what us old guys do. Us old guys get up really, really <laughs> early in the morning. So don't, I'm not telling you to do that. Well, by any means. Um, so, okay. Last couple months, paint a picture. How, what have you been doing, spending your time with, um, you know, both, you know, applying for new things and webinar, like whatever you've been doing, it might spawn an idea of, of someone that's tuning in of like, oh, maybe I should be doing that. So that's why I'm asking the question is what, what have you been up to? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I've kind of built a nice little routine for myself um, in terms of like, I still get up at my normal hours as if I was working full time. Um, instead of going riding to working, I'll usually try to make myself, you know, a nice healthy breakfast and then get a quick workout in to start the day off just to kind of get, you know, my body awake, things moving, and just obviously trying to live a healthier lifestyle. Um, from there, it kind of varies. I'll always dedicate you know, anywhere from two to three, maybe four hours a day, depending what's going on of, you know, specifically dedicated to job hunting. So that could be researching companies I might want to look at, working on portfolios um, that made custom for a specific application, um, or just trying to like network a little bit. Um, I don't try to spread myself too thin on that. I don't try to necessarily dedicate like I'm going to do this for eight hours every day because it definitely can be exhausting and I think obviously one of the things with um, the current pandemic situation is there's plenty of companies who are in hiring freezes who are kind of at a standstill at the moment so I think not gluing yourself to job boards every single day to see what new has been what has been added is probably a little bit you know, it's a little bit healthier probably if you maybe give it every other day before checking a job board. Um, and then, you know, once you do find something, you know, it doesn't have to be a mad dash. I think you can take your time, take two or three days to really understand the position, maybe research the company that it's with, see if you can't try to get in touch with a hiring manager, try to customize your resume or portfolio to it a little bit. Um, I think there was a time during the start of this where I was definitely a lot more, you know, pedal to the metal. I'm just churning out resumes and applications, whereas now Mm -hmm. things have slowed down. I'm definitely being a little bit more deliberate in my search. um, And it might not necessarily even be answering jobs that are posted. I've spent a fair amount of time just looking at, you know, what are some brands and companies that, you know, I'd like to work for one day. Um, And just trying to get in touch with recruiters or HR reps at at those brands and companies, send them a portfolio that may be created for them. Again, not for anything immediately, but to say, you know, here's who I am and here's what I think I can do for you. Yeah, I, I think that you're, that's a great point. You're, you're Will Hoven, Will the Thrill, um, marketing, not sales right now. Like you're, you're just trying to have as many conversations, maybe not close the deal, aka job right now. But I think that you're doing, you know, things that are probably right now good for your mental health and well-being because you're right i mean there's a lot of parallels between what you what you do on a day-to-day basis basis um take out the healthy eating and the working out and (laughs) those type of thing and being handsome but otherwise a lot of parallels between job searching and and my role in business development and and client services uh, it can be a grind and if you don't if you don't love it and you don't love the industry well i think that grind ends up in massive hair loss, depression, anxiety, and otherwise uh, just utter despair. Uh, but luckily for me, that's, that's not the case, thankfully. But um, so a lot of account managers in between jobs, um, 
you, you mentioned a couple of things of what, you know, what you're doing, putting together portfolios and customizing your resumes, being a little bit more tailored in your search. And I, I, I do know for a fact that when someone is, you know, reading things that you put in front of them and it appears as though you've done some research on X brand or, Hey, I'm passionate about your company because, or, Hey, I saw your CEO on this webinar, you know, it seems like a, a great, great person. Um, she, she mentioned this, I, that really resonated with me, so on and so forth. Um, it just makes them feel like you're not just blasting out a hundred resumes a day, but what else can folks do you think be doing um, to set themselves apart other than the obvious of, you know, not just blasting resumes and putting together a portfolio if they have one or that any other creative ideas that you've seen or executing yourself? I would just say like, I think for me, I definitely try to stay current with what's going on in the industry. So it could be, you know, I would try to read at least one to two articles a day, whether it's ad week or ad age or biz bash or event marketer fast company has a lot of great stuff too. Um, just to see how companies and brands are adapting to what's going on. And then we're kind of entering an exciting time with um, MLB starting back up tonight, NBA and NHL following next weekend, I believe um, that we're going to kind of be able to see and, you know, go into action what some of these brands who have these big partnership deals with these leagues are doing to kind of, you know, adapt to not having a live event, but what, you know, they can do to, you know, make it still interesting. I just saw one this morning um, for the NBA, Michelob Ultra um, is doing something really cool. They're basically going to have, you know, on one of these low electronic billboards, um, a chance for basically you to pop up on that screen and it's going to look like you're sitting courtside or you're going to be at the game. So <laughs> nice. I, think a lot, I think a lot of cool things like that and just staying on top of what's going on is really just going to help you for when you do land that, you know, eventual interview. I think for me, like my biggest concern and what I'm always trying to hedge against is, you know, just because I've been out of the game for now four months, I still want to show that I've been keeping a pulse on what's going on, um, what brands are doing and what can be done um, moving forward. So that could be, again, not only seeing finally now what brands are going to be doing, because I feel like the last four months, nothing's been going on. No one's been doing events. So it's all been kind of behind the curtain, what people have been planning to do as things open up again. Um, but also just finding out, you know, I read a Biz Bash article this morning about what they're recommending, you know, 10 future fixes for in-person events as far as digital invites or when you hand out swag. I think just researching the trends of what people are recommending and maybe the new technologies as well. So you can have enough in your head that when you go to these interviews, you can have a knowledgeable conversation that shows you've, you know, been keeping a steady pulse or kind of looking to the future of what, you know, the industry is going to look like. Yeah. Add into your mental filing cabinet of, of things to pull upon. You never know when, when you're going to need that. Uh, also, I don't know if it's shameful or shameless. I'm not sure. Uh, but a plug, nonetheless, uh, if anyone's looking for something else to read, our marketing manager and operations team puts together a, a great industry blog. It's on our website, atneventstaffing.com. You hit the blog tab and it's, I'd say it's pretty consistent once a week. 
Um, there's a happy hour roundup at the end of the week with all sorts of uh, you know different articles compi- compiled and all that. So if anyone's looking for anything else, they can certainly check that out. And Will, if you haven't checked that out, I certainly suggest you. If you go back, I think there's hundreds of blogs. Might even be able to go back seven, eight, 12 pages deep and even see, see a couple written by yours truly. So maybe, maybe don't read those because you'll <laughs> judge, judge my poor writing skills. Um, okay. What other um, resources are out there um, for career development or things that, I mean, of course, LinkedIn is great. Um, are there any resources that you suggest? I mean, you mentioned a lot of things for people to read, but is there anything else that maybe you're utilizing that you can put out there for other people? I think it, it's going to depend on what you're looking to do. Like, first off, I think we've seen a ton of news about, you know, it's such a good opportunity for a lot of people right now to pivot in their careers. You know, maybe someone who's working in experiential in an account manager role wants to go to something more digital. Maybe you work in, you know, tech clients, you want to move maybe to more pharmaceuticals. So I think it's number one, just kind of identifying where you want to go and, you know, where you want to take your career and that can help inform some of those resources that are going to be more likely something you pay for, whether it's, you know, a LinkedIn learning class, you know, adding a specific tangible skill set to your arsenal. Um, In terms of some free ones, there's a few I've looked at. Um, Mailscoop.io. It's basically a system that allows you to kind of find people's actual work emails as opposed to just DMing them on LinkedIn. I have found a little bit more success in reaching out blindly to people if it's not just your standard, you know, LinkedIn in-mail, but if you can find someone's work email address and sometimes it's listed in their LinkedIn LinkedIn profile, sometimes it's not. Um, But I think that might boost the chances just a little bit in trying to, you know, build a dialogue and start a conversation with someone. Mailscoop.io. I had always used one um, Hunter, but I've never heard of, uh, of this one. So a good tip for, for folks. I think you just got to be as well-rounded. Don't just do one thing. Be as well-rounded. Be the Neon Sanders or Bo Jackson of you know job hunting. You just got to be able to play a lot of different uh, positions and do a lot of different things. I, but Really, if someone's in events, are they really going to go into pharmaceuticals? Talk about a snooze <laughs> and a half. Like, really? I'd, I would rather go sell cars. No, I wouldn't. But that's just, I don't, yeah. I, you got to look at all different things. But, I mean, I would be the poster boy for, if, if I was going to be a poster boy for something of, like, don't take away events. Like, I'm not going digital, people. No offense to anyone making that switch and doing digital events and all that. But I love people and i love events and that's what i want to do and i'm going to be so stubborn and hoping that comes back sooner than later and it is i mean to give you some good insight we're staffing events across the country things are things are hitting things are moving we're doing it safely all the protocols are are set and you know of course we're you know keeping legal with all you know the different states and government regulations and cdc um mandates and all that but i mean things are looking up and, you know, staffing was hit really hard, of course, but things are looking up. And if it continues, and hopefully it does, I mean, I just hopefully a little ray of sunshine there. Um, yeah, yeah I definitely. If we can I, have one, it might be a good thing. Yeah, definitely. I think we've also seen some positive news in the last couple of weeks about, you know, vaccine development and how that's trending towards potentially, 
you know, maybe something end of 2020, if not early 2021. And so I think that's, you know, for me, been a big boost of confidence because I think, you know, for a lot of people, once there's for the public a confidence that there are, you know, vaccine options and more treatment options out there, I think it's going to boost public confidence um, just to get out and start doing things, you know, outdoors or, you know, large spaces on a more regular basis. Yeah. I mean, I'm I, pretty sure I told my wife that I would take one for the team. Of course, I'd have to, you know, kind of go quarantine away from the family for a little bit. But I said, hey, I'd take it for the team. You know, you got we've got life insurance of something, you know, I'll, I'll be the guinea pig. I don't think <laughs> she's going to let that happen. But um, there's going to be a lot of people that are going to play hero and do that. And, you know, it's all uncharted territory for us. We just got to like we talked about earlier in the the podcast is, you know, have empathy, communicate, um, put ourselves out there. And, you know, I think good things will, will come. It's going to be as event people were very, I think just laser focused and, and love our spreadsheets and planning and being in control of a lot of things. Like we can't control the weather, but there's things that we can do to kind of combat it. And, you know, sometimes that's waiting it out or whatever. We can't control the weather. Can't, can't control coronavirus yet. Um, there's other things we can't, but most of the time we're controlling everything and that's hard and scary for us to, you know, for one time, at, at least recently, um, that, that we can. So it's, it's scary, but we're all in it together. And speaking of together, um, I think people are going to hear you, whether recent college grads or people in the industry or, you know, former coworkers, what have you. And they're going to be like, Oh, I got to need to catch up with Will. Or I need to reach out to Will. How should they do that? If they want to get in touch with you, bud. Definitely. Um, I'm on LinkedIn. If you do a search, Will Hoven um, should be one of a couple options. I think brand market, my bio, so it should be easy to pick that one out. Um, feel free to reach out via email. It's William.Hoven, H-O-V-E-N at gmail.com. Um, you know, for me, like career development is like a big thing I'm into, especially for people who are trying to break into the industry. So there's anyone on here who's you know, maybe, you know, finishing up college and is looking to, you know, get into the industry. Um, I'm definitely always open and happy to kind of share my insights and, you know, thoughts and what you can be doing to kind of set yourself apart and get yourself going. Yeah, it's great of you to, you know, be there and be a resource for for people like others have been for for you in the past. And uh, I mean, I think the one thing out there is, and I mentioned it earlier, people are responding, you know, and, and it sucks when you reach out and people don't respond and believe me, I get it when they don't, but God darn it, it is nice when they do. Um, mm-hmm. And even if it's just like a, a quick conversation or a, Hey, you know, I'm sorry, I'm slammed right now, but Hey, circle back with me in a month or whatever it is. Um, it's just, it's a little thing, but it's a boost in the arm for sure. So people can reach out to Will and, and, you know, chit chat network and all that. Anything else you wanted to talk about? I'll give you the, the final works. We're running short on time here. No, I just say like, it's obviously been a crazy, like difficult time for many people. Um, but I think the one good thing is, you know, we're all in events and events is nothing if but problem solving on a day-to-day week-to-week basis. And I feel like if, you know, the many industries have been affected by this, you know, I think I've seen a lot of people in the event industry who have been resourceful, gritty, and, you know, finding ways to keep themselves going, you know, finding ways to keep themselves busy and finding ways to 
set themselves apart. Um, Cause really, you know, this is no different than, you know, an event going sideways. It just happens to be all in all of our personal lives. But I think through our careers, we've been shaped to know how to be proactive and, you know, lean into the problem. Yeah. Lean in. Absolutely. Um, well, you lean into my inbox or my cell phone anytime. I'm always here for you. Um, I hope people reach reach out to you and you have some great conversations. And I'll be the first person to congratulate you when you land your next next opportunity. If I can help in any way, I'm always here. Okay, Well, All right. Looking forward to it. All right, buddy. Thanks for being episode 11 guest on the Be Heard podcast, buddy. Have a great day. You too. You too. And that's a wrap like cellophane, episode 11 in the books. Hope you enjoyed my conversation with Will Hoven, formerly of CSM, lead dog in New York City. Big things yet to come for Will, I just know it. I hope you had a, a lot of fun listening in. I know I did chatting with him. We'll see you next time on the Be Heard Podcast.